Greetings and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism. I'm your host, Brett Kane. Uh, yeah, we got a, another special episode on the block for you. Today we're going to be sitting down with Ben Hogan. Uh, you may not know him, you may do. If you do, you're in luck. Uh, ben is a good friend of mine who, um, I wouldn't say he has any specialty in today's uh, topic, except for that he absolutely adores it and lets everybody he knows know about it. So I think that that makes him accredited enough for me to want to have a talk with him about it. Uh, and it is saunas. Um, ben is a uh, connoisseur of the sauna experience. Um, literally, since I've known him, it was one of the first few talks we had. And um, he knows a great deal about it, more so than I would say uh, most people that I've came into contact with. Um, and this episode is a good indicator of that. We talk about everything from its history, cultural uses, um, maybe even its potential history with like sacred ceremonies. We talk about benefits. We talk about building your own. We talk about how they're beautiful communal gathering places. Um, it's a really cool episode. I really enjoy the idea of temperature therapy. I am a big fan of Wim Hof. Um, we also talk a good deal about about him as well because I mean you can't really have a temperature therapy related talk without talking about the Iceman um, but yeah this is great I, I really enjoyed sitting down with Ben and it's always a treat when I can get some of his time and I think you guys are gonna learn a lot I definitely did while I was sitting here and was able to pick his brain I feel really lucky to have someone in my network who is so knowledgeable about something that is potentially a life-changing I mean the the art of sauna practice uh, I guess is what I'm calling it, the active use of saunaing, is it's so beneficial. And again, we get into the nitty gritty on what that looks like on a physiological level, as well as emotional. And um, you can kind of extrapolate a spiritual aspect out of that as well, which we kind of touch up on, but it's not the main point. Uh, so yeah, that's today's episode. Um, it's, it's a really good one, so I'm not going to keep you too long. But uh, I also wanted to point out, I am actually recording this on the solstice. I know we mentioned a little bit about it last week. Um, I'm actually about to be sitting down in a ceremony that my friend is hosting. So very excited about that. It is the darkest day of the year. I think the sun set at 520 maybe around in there and yeah i think uh, there's also the great conjunction the planetary alignment of uh, saturn and jupiter which happens i think once every like 800 years <laughs> so there's a lot of interesting planetary astrological things happening right now and uh yeah i think it's getting us all to kind of go inward and to kind of reflect on the difficulty of this year and to maybe um, speculate on how we can make next year an even better uh, experience for ourselves to be able to use all the compost that we've acquired over this year and be able to grow some good plants of practice of mindfulness and if you you know heed the advice of this episode maybe you can start uh, your journey into your physiology if you have not begun it yet through the art of sawing i um, definitely think it's a very potent powerful also like energy um reserving practice like if there is any one thing that you can do if you're not in your body at all this could be very well a great place to start because it's very easy you're sitting down and your body is doing all the work um, the hardest thing is to kind of convince yourself to do it but once you do it once and once you feel the benefits 
wow, it, it, it is so palpable that you, you'll probably naturally be called to do it again. Um, so we also talk about some of the uh, practical ways to do it because um, there's definitely some health, um, I mean, health benefits, but also like there may be some like red flags in terms of, you know, don't stay in there for an hour. You know, there's, there's a way to do it where you can maximize the benefit without putting yourself at risk. You know, I mean, it is a, an extreme setting. So, you know, there's definitely some precautions to take and to be mindful of, which we cover in this episode. Um, yeah. And if anybody is interested in doing their own sauna thing after this, you can reach out to Ben. His uh, information is going to be in the content or the description below, as well as kind of his mentor in uh, how he built his sauna. Uh, and we go pretty into detail into that. Um, and it's actually a lot more accessible than you may think. So it is actually really fascinating to hear what it takes for the benefit that you get from doing sauna four or five times a week, building your own if you have the means. Oh my God, it, it could be a game changer. And, you know, it's a very accessible thing. So, um, yeah, before we get started, uh, some bookkeeping, we are nearing the end of the year. I do have some fun episodes planned for the next, uh, three of which they're already recorded. I'm about to be moving, uh, next week, actually, the week after Christmas. So um, everything that you're going to be hearing in the next few weeks is going to be pre-recorded. But I'm having a lot of uh, intention setting with this this time, and I, I definitely wanted conversations that reflect that. And I'm really excited about this new year, guys. I really think this is going to be something special um, if we so choose to project in that way, which I am. Um, yeah, if you'd like to support the show, uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating. Uh, we are now on YouTube. That's cool. So subscribe, like, comment. I know that that's really annoying to hear because everybody says it, but it really does help algorithms and reach more listeners, uh, more people to talk with. Uh, it, it's just a good thing if you're, if you're passionate about the idea of wellness in the 21st century and think this show has potential, then I, I encourage you to jump on board in some capacity, reach out to me. Uh, the email address is 21stCenturyVitalism at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, if you think somebody else would be a good fit, just let me know. Um, if you have any feedback, if you think I talk too much in the intro or if the quality is not up to uh, typical podcasting standards, I do my best, but I'm open to literally anything. If you just want to say hi and tell me that you're listening, please do. I'm looking for ways to interact with you and to start a conversation, not just with my guests, but with you as well. So... Uh, without further ado, please put your hearts together with your minds, the bodhicitta, the heart mind, and open them up towards Ben Hogan. First Century Vitalism. How are we doing on this fine evening? Hey, Brett. It's good to be here. Yeah, I uh, had you in mind when I first started the show. I was looking at a list of people that I was like, they just have something really unique to share. And you you were on that list because, um, actually, I think it might have even been the last time I saw you, we were at the sauna. And hearing you talk about it with such passion and fervor, it really implanted the idea in me that like oh i need this in my life um yeah a lot of people in the world feel that way it's a cool thing yeah so i i guess we can jump right into this um so how did you find the world of saunas 
and I mean, for I guess explaining what a sauna even is, I mean, some people have maybe an idea of it, but some people might sure. not really know what exactly it entails. So um, I started my whole uh, journey down this path in about 2016. I started working at Mary Freebed Hospital and uh, I joined the YMCA because uh, this is in Grand Rapids, of course. And I joined the YMCA because we got a, a member discount. I never would have joined the YMCA if not. And they had a sauna. And as it, I, I can't recall like why I only intended to use the sauna. Maybe up until that point, uh, I I started to I started to uh, feel like that's what I needed. But honestly, I can't tell you what led me to. To have that be my sole purpose for joining but anyhow i joined and like i didn't even use the exercise equipment at all and i was a member for like two and a half years <laughs> and i just went to the sauna and like i noticed so i joined in november of 2016 and i noticed that that winter i i would go like four times a week because i would at least and i'd feel so good like it becomes kind of like a like you pick up momentum and I never got sick that winter for the first time in maybe my whole life. And then the subsequent winter, it was the same story. I never got sick. So like after two winters of not getting sick, I just, uh, and feeling great all the same, it invigorates your winter experience here in the tundra of Michigan. I, I mean, I knew that it was going to be a lifelong obsession after that. Yeah, I mean, I think even just that benefit alone, the idea of like not getting sick during a Michigan winter for me is so huge because I almost always have like one deathly illness. <laughs> and sure. I, I think a lot of people have that too. So Absolutely. You, you don't really know what exactly inspired you to utilize the sauna, but like what was that first experience for you like? Like I know that when I did it, I don't have a lot of experience in like public gym settings or public bathhouse type deals and for me it was definitely like it felt like stepping into a different world a little bit where like there was an established kind of culture and like rule like shared agreements that were unspoken like how did you yeah. navigate into that space and like what was that first experience like did you kind of know how to do it safely or um no i i really had to so i think whenever you're talking about any heat therapy or cold therapy you're breaking a lot of comfort barriers because some people I've heard them say like, well, I don't like to get hot or I don't like to get cold. I mean, I don't know if, if anybody does, but the point is that you feel good afterwards and you have to kind of, I mean, I had a few times where I started, you know, I was staying there too long or whatever. I think anybody who like uh, goes into these things can speak to how they found their balance it's usually by like just negative experiences tells you not to do that again, you know? <laughs> and um, I don't know, like in regards to the, like the social aspect of it. Um, I mean, like the YMCA, the saunas, it's a public sauna and you probably fit like 10 people in there. So like, um, I think you, like you, you see other people and what they, how they use it. Some people do it before a workout. Some people do it afterwards. Um, in my case, I didn't have a workout, so <laughs> didn't have to worry about that. But yeah, I kind of made it my own thing. And 
I mean, I was doing it so many times a week that like didn't take long before I was like dialed right into it. Hmm. Yeah, I also feel like in our society, unless you are plugged into a public gym type setting, like there's kind of like a weird thing. And like I actually had like a little bit of aversion in me and the idea of like sitting in this hot box with all these people I didn't know. Everything is wet. And yeah. there's this kind of like, I don't know what sweat. I don't know what steam. And I could see unless yeah. you like have been in that experience and have felt the benefit and understand the sanitation behind it, I could see it being yeah. like a little off-putting. But like, like, do you know yeah. like how they keep these kinds of things sanitary? I mean, especially in such a public, wildly used thing. Um, I, I don't. And I mean, I don't want to bash the YMCA, but my experience was that they didn't really clean the wood. I don't know, like, they just clean the floor, I think. Like, I, from my knowledge, from owning my own sauna now, I, like, you can treat it, you know, once a blue moon with, like, neem oil or something, but that's more for the treatment of the wood. I'm not really hip on the, like, uh, how you would actually go about disinfecting a sauna. I think one of the benefits of using the many types of wood that can be used to build a sauna is it's... Um, naturally uh, kind of it, it doesn't tend to carry the uh the fluids that it's exposed to yeah. i think and combine that with the heat you know drying it out all the time uh i don't know that many things can survive in a typical you know it's referred to as a finish sauna to answer your earlier question of types um i don't personally like steam saunas i like you know finished sauna is more like the dry style um you can pour water over the rocks and get steam but other than that it's just dry mm. was that the kind that we used at the y i believe I... so that's what you title that as most are that way okay um yeah so what are the differentiations um what other kind of types of saunas are there even um the more i to my knowledge the more prehistoric saunas were referred to as smoke saunas where um and those are still used today you can from what i know about them the older school smoke saunas you basically uh as the name implies it's more before the advent of using a stove you just like start a fire in a small room mm. and uh let some of that smoke escape but capture a lot of it and it depends on the kind of wood that you burn and then that's almost becoming like part of the aesthetic is basking in the smoke. Mm. Um, that's, that's an older type, but I mean, by and large, I think you're going to find majority of them are, yeah, like wet saunas, uh, in which it's more of like a steam environment. They're not as hot, but the finished saunas are the ones that are typically like, you know, your 170, 180 degree dry heat that you can add steam if you so choose. Got you. Do you know if the uh, the sweats uh, sauna is that kind? Or sorry, the sweat, uh, the smoke sauna is that kind of like the sweat lodge that Native Americans would utilize, or is this kind of something I suppose. Different? Okay. I, I think it could be yeah likened to that. I mean the other the other really cool part about all of this is like how many cultures in the world uh, from how far back up until now all uh, or not all but most tend to have some kind of heat therapy. Um, be it, you know, what we're talking about, or there are some other terms for the same thing. Um, but yeah, I think they all utilize one of those ways. 
Um, don't know how you can do it much else. Yeah. So when you said uh, finished sauna, you said that that's like the most standard. What about, I, I mean, it obviously has some ties to Finland, as I'm imagining. Um, were they kind of the ones that originated what we would consider the modern sauna then? I believe so, yeah. I, I mean, for such a small country, I'll add in a fact here. There's uh, 5 million residents in Finland and estimated to be over 2 million saunas. So there's almost a sauna for every other person in Finland. And that tells you something like they're all about it. And it's like all of Northern Europe tends to be all about it as well. And that just that influence alone, it being so big in that region of the world spreads to everywhere else. And um, yeah, it's kind of cool that, you know, everywhere else in the world can at least say, hey, we know about this small countries tradition yeah is that do they have so many of them because it, it's colder there or have they picked up on like the inherent health benefits before people or how is that like influenced with their culture um that's a good question so um based on my research they so the the first saunas were have been discovered as if you know saunas it's not like an archaeological dig can find an old sauna because what they used to be is just like a dirt mound and rocks and things just piled on top of each other. Um, and there'd be a fire in the middle of it. So it's not like I don't think anybody knows when they were first implemented. But um, over time, they became known as a holy place because uh, they were thought to dispel diseases and to save people from certain things. And also just the, the general aspects of, uh, of its cleansing nature, I think, is, is uh, well-received for anybody who uses them. And so historically, I mean, women even gave birth in the sauna. Um, in a lot of places, you don't talk while you're in there. Um, it's somewhat of a kind of a holy place. Hmm. So... Do you know, and I mean, this might be out of the, the realm of what you've studied, but I mean, in considering something like a holy place and the nature, the extreme nature of the experience, and I say extreme because it's kind of, I mean, it's not what most people typically have as a part of their daily regiment here in the United States. Is there a chance that people are having like, kind of like mystical experiences? Because I mean, I know with like sweat lodges, I mean, you're in there for... Um, I mean, you're in there for hours, you know, and I've been in mm -hmm. a few and it's, I've had like visions and like it enters, you enter this like really liminal state. Do you think that that kind of also imparted into their idea of it being a holy place? Yeah. I mean, and also I can speak to, uh, from my own experience. Uh, when I first started going, like the health benefits were one aspect of it, but also the mental clarity that you gain afterwards, much like you're saying, but I think it's derived from what, you know, when you get that hot, if you have any concerns on your mind, which is what most Americans I think could speak to that they have something on their mind all the time. You can't remember what you're mad about when you're sitting there for 15, 20 minutes and 170 degree temperatures, like you just can't. And so it removes you from those attachments that you typically have. Uh, and by doing so, it kind of forces you to reflect in a higher way um 
on the nothingness that so many religions attempt to get you to do kind of is a segue into all of that. Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely always about like physiological changes that we can promote in our bodies that bring us to like elevated states. And I kind of like yeah. the idea of like burning away the neuroses for that 20 minutes, like the idea of burning yeah. something away, take that like sure. poly energy. And mm -hmm. um, I could definitely, I mean, that was my experience too. Like it really brings you to the full present moment because it's such a heightened state that like you're just there focusing on breathing and mm -hmm. not falling asleep because if you do then <laughs> you're gonna not be okay <laughs> yeah right yeah so it's true what exactly i mean we've talked a little bit about the where and the when but like what about the why <laughs> um like why would anybody want to put themselves in 170 degree uh temperature i mean outside of just that melting away of the neuroses which i mean is a pretty big thing but what are the supposed health benefits that um, you've researched and then you've actually experienced yourself um so i'm gonna go through them uh one by one this could take a while but this is probably the most if if i were listening to this uh interview i'd say that this is the part that i glean the most from because this is these studies are just amazing what they found and i'll go through them uh one by one so there was a 2017 study that looked at around 600 or 1600 men from the ages of 42 to 60. the study was done over 25 years and men who saunted four to seven times a week were 47 percent less likely to develop hypertension than those that saunted once a week so yeah that's um, an incredible percentage. <laughs> oh, it, it gets better. Um, in 2015, there was a study done uh, over 20 years, once again, which is really impressive that these studies are done over such long periods of time. You know, it makes it kind of like irrefutable at that point. Um, this study involved 2,300 Finnish men. The other nice part are the sample sizes of these. You know, they're over large populations. Um, once again, four to seven times per week versus once per week, uh, there was a 66% reduction in dementia and Alzheimer's mm -hmm. 66%, That's, uh, 50% wow. lower cardiovascular disease mortality rate. And, uh, likewise, 52%, uh, reduced risk of a sudden heart attack death. Um, Another study in, let's see, 2018 looked at six, 1,600 men and women, and this was done over the course of 15 years. Um, once again, four to seven times a week versus once a week, there was a 62% reduced risk of stroke amongst the population that sauntered four to seven times a week, and there was a 41% reduction in all respiratory diseases. Um, there was another study looking at, in 1986, there was a study looking at, this one was just over uh, 10 males over the course of, uh, what was it? I think this study was done over six months. Um, it looked at uh, influenza risk in these people over the course of that time, and the result as I was speaking to earlier, how I've experienced a reduced risk of getting sick, there was a 50% reduction in influenza 
contraction um, for the people who sauntered. I think it was two hours a day. Um, or I should say like two sessions a day. And also growth hormone went up by 16 times the other people who didn't do that. Is growth hormone um, the ability to build muscle mass or what exactly is that? I I think growth hormone is more talking about uh, just the body's regenerative abilities that get stimulated uh, by certain activities. So yeah, I would say that exercise would probably be another one that would stimulate that growth uh, of tissue and um and actually i'm going to move into uh there was another study looking at headaches as well um that this using the sauna uh, multiple times a week can substantially improve chronic headache risk hmm. um in all of these things so Reduced arterial stiffness, reduced arthritis because it brings blood to areas of the body that don't typically get it, including skin. So, um, yeah, skin, joints, uh, ligaments, those things get a huge benefit from the sauna. It actually reduces uh, LDL cholesterol, which is bad, and increases HDL cholesterol, which is good. It increases your ability to sleep throughout the night. Um, it in increases white blood cell count. Um, and I think the number one thing that ties all of this together is uh, heat shock proteins. Um, when I was looking into all this, I, I kind of, over the years, I've kind of been hip on some of these statistics because they're just so sh shocking how much a little bit of sauna use per week can lead to your health just overcoming all these odds. Um, heat shock proteins get released when your body is under environmental... Actually, that's just... I, I believe it's because some of the first studies looking at them looked at heat as the contributor. Um, but it can be anything from... Uh, toxins that your body ingests, or it can be cold or starvation or dehydration or anything else that challenges your body. Um, these heat shock proteins, when they get released, it's kind of like your body's fight or flight response, if you will. Um, in this case, under these conditions in which the sauna or cold therapy can uh, lead to, your body releases these uh, referred to as chaperone proteins. And what they do is they help your body to more effectively build uh, other proteins. So it's kind of like putting a spell check on your uh, biological system. So these chaperone proteins make sure that, uh, that these proteins that are, your body is making is actually that they're correct. And that's an added feature that your body he puts out there to make sure that your body is responding to these environmental challenges. So um, the growth hormone release um, and also a, a reduced risk of cancer as well because it doesn't allow cancerous cells to form if you have these chaperone proteins present. And the more you sauna, the more effects you get.
So I think that's my long-winded uh, um, breakdown of all the benefits you get from not only the sauna, as we're talking about, but also um, cold therapy, which is also a part of the sauna. Wow. I mean, I don't think that that's long-winded at all. I think that um, the fact that this is something that, of course, it's like common practice in Europe, and then we just largely ignore it here in the United States. I'm not sure why we tend to do things like that. But the fact that there's something right. that's so easily accessible and, frankly, kind of quick, it's like kind of like a low-energy kind of solution to so many of the problems we face and yeah. we don't utilize it, it it kind of boggles my mind that this isn't more popular. Like, yeah. do you know maybe why that would be? So to answer that question, I'll just, I guess I'll say that there are a lot of um, techniques to better health that I'm not sure why they get ignored other than that modern Western medicine, especially in America, is obviously more catered towards uh, pharmaceutical therapies. Um, I would think that as these studies that I mentioned earlier, I mean, all those studies I mentioned were practically in the past decade, right? So I think that it's just starting to break out in the scientific community how important this is. I mean, all those things I mentioned, uh, stroke, heart attack, dementia, uh, joint health, uh, reduced risk of uh, infection by any number of things. These are all very, very strong statistics, but generally the medical community is kind of, it. these studies need to happen before any doctor is going to pay attention to it. And I think when people go to the doctor, they're looking for an instantaneous answer to their problem. And in America, you know, inflammation of, inflammation is kind of the underlying source of any number of our problems. But look at how many products there are out there to uh, address the issue. I mean, there's almost like a uh, a doctor is almost obligated to follow the rules set forth that uh, from a lot of uh, if you look at like uh, physicians that receive uh, Medicare reimbursement. Mm -hmm. I believe one of the agreements is that is that you use these pharmaceutical therapies uh, first and foremost to address people's concerns. I don't, I don't know how much a physician's arms are tied, but you probably won't see a lot of physicians saying, you know, well, I think you should sauna. Yeah. I've literally, I don't think um, I've ever heard anyone. If I were a physician, I certainly would. Right. And I mean, also like I should note right now that there are some risks associated with it. Like if you have a heart condition already, um, sometimes that can limit your ability to use it. Um, as far as I know, that's one of the only um, main limitations is our heart issues. However, uh, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I don't know, but the mystery has been solved on many other fronts that the pharmaceutical companies just kind of have a lock on things. And it, it impedes the ability of um, uh, more holistic approaches to be utilized. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what my hunch was for a lot of this kind of stuff. And I'd like to give like a benefit of the doubt that Western science or the medicinal science isn't 
inherently like distrustful or uh, corrupt, you know? And I, I almost feel like there's also the element of like, it is such a new science. I mean, it's old wisdom, but like we're starting to finally get the statistics and for that to reflect yeah. in treatment practices. And I can kind of understand like yep. the natural tendency to lean into what we know rather than suggest something that might be more holistic and frankly cheaper. You know, it's so, like, yeah, I don't right. want to, I, I find myself on this show always like, throwing western medicine under the bus and i just i don't want to create that constant narrative but at the same time that's kind of what we're we often see you know and that these results these statistics you're giving are game-changing for so many people oh absolutely and um yeah you you hit the nail on the head when you said you can't really financially benefit from it so simple that uh you know, the YMCA is making some money off it, but like, yeah. you know, you can't like mass market it. Yeah. How incredible would it be if like every hospital was just like outfitted with a sauna and a gym and um, classrooms that yeah. actually educate you on how to cultivate your own health? Like that's the future I want to see. I know I want to see the medical industry invest in um, lifestyle change. You know, I think that that is huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that in such a, I would view America as kind of a capitalist experiment in a lot of ways, but marketing is definitely the biggest of those ways. And I don't know that, that the two can coexist. I don't know if people can be mass marketed on a chronic scale and have healthy tactics to livelihood be utilized at the same time. I mean, I think by its very nature, like, if, if you're marketing things, generally speaking, the things that get marketed in this country aren't like healthy. Um, I'd say most are, most are not inherently healthy as much as they are addictive. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's hard to bring in some holistic approaches to uh, livelihood and have them flourish, you know. But this is certainly a beautiful way for people to bring a new have it into their lives that offers just so many benefits and especially in the winter time i mean i find the mental benefit that i spoke of earlier i mean that part i couldn't find as many studies on um uh, i found one study looking at uh depression that you know once again it did have an effect it wasn't as strong as these other correlations but um the mental health aspect for it, especially when you don't see the sun for sometimes two months here, you know, like if I could point anybody towards anything, it would be this practice. So I know that you, you mentioned with the heat shock protein that this is something that gets activated with cold as well for people mm -hmm. who don't have, um, uh, access, especially mm -hmm. now in the COVID era, you know, I don't even know if, yeah. I don't think the Y is even open. Are, does a cold shower produce some of the similar results? I mean, it's probably not as relaxing, but is it activating some of the same biological triggers that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So is that something you also utilize in your uh, practice with temperature? Yeah, I mean, well, the so kind of uh, the way that the typical way that you go about the process of sauning is obviously you heat it up to 170 degrees you go in there and stay for 15 to 20 minutes uh you come out and you can i like to sit outside especially in the winter months 
and then you take a cold you either go back in and, and do that a few different times and then at the end you take a cold shower so you start with lukewarm water and then you hit yourself with the cold shower the two of them combined i i've started to take cold showers in the morning um it absolutely has the same effects um once again it's just uh it is kind of challenging your body it's that fight or flight response so i can definitely attest um speaking a little bit about my personal life and how cold showers have saved me when uh my wife Paige and i had our baby hazel two and a half years ago uh you start talking about lack of sleep and having to go to work every day and oh my god like how do you get your energy back i was struggling there for a while but i found that when i take a shower in the morning um if I take a normal shower and then you hit, you know, lukewarm water and then you hit yourself with that cold water, man, does I didn't need coffee. It totally turned my world around. And so I can certainly speak to it for 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 mental wellness and for bodily wellness. Yeah, I'm actually stepping back into my cold shower practice. I go on and off with it for some reason. Oddly enough, mm -hmm. I stop doing it in the summer and then in the winter I'm like, yeah, this is a good time to do it. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm on like day 10 and, um, I'm doing this technique where I essentially add 15 seconds every day. Um, so like, oh, do wow. you, do you have any suggestions for folks who the idea of a cold shower is absolutely terrifying and they're like, dude, you're crazy. I am not doing yeah. that. <laughs> like how can um, we ease into this practice? Well, I mean the first, the, I would, I always point people towards the free Wim Hof, uh, tutorials. He had uh, Wim Hof, if you search for his main webpage, you can sign up for his uh, like first three like principles of his whole uh, approach. And one of them is a video about how to do cold therapy. Um, and that's where I learned about this, how to do it correctly. You, you turn the water, like I said, you take a normal shower, then you turn the water lukewarm and you, you step away from the the spigot or whatever and just let your legs get uh in the stream and get used to that and then slowly step into it and then you do that again you hit it you turn the hot water off after it's been lukewarm let it all go cold hit your legs and your ankles and your wrists first and try to get yourself pumped up start breathing a little bit uh, as you'd advise you to do and then hop right in there and i mean also like nobody wants to take a cold shower i think that's important to remember as well is that um you know it's it's not like i look forward to it i really don't i look forward to afterwards yeah. and once you do this uh like you're talking about you get into a habit where you start doing it every day um it, i mean it literally you don't need coffee in the morning i'm i'm zipped for about four hours after i take a cold shower how long are you usually in the cold water for i mean not that long i like 30 seconds to a minute, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I am not as gentle with myself. Maybe I should be to make <laughs> it more of a sustainable practice. I'll take, frankly, sure. pretty hot showers because I just, I, I huh. soak it up. I, I know it's probably not mm -hmm. sustainable energy wise, but then I usually end up like, I already have the reservation. I'm going to do a cold shower. So I, the, yeah. the argument is done. Like I already know I'm going to yeah. do it. So usually I just take a deep breath and then on the exhale, just crank it all the way cold when I'm in there. And oh, yeah. it definitely is a lot. 
And um, yeah, yeah. But that benefit is it's honestly instantaneous. Like it's not like after hours after it's like, as soon as the water's off, you're like, you feel vitality just coursing through your body and it becomes pretty obvious the benefit. Um, yeah. 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 It really is like, it like turns your world into like turns the dial to 11 so that when you're moving throughout the rest of your life, like is something that may have like, upset you before like it just doesn't as much like everything else right. is kind of dialed down in a really nice way you have sure. space around each of your Absolutely. experiences and yeah um, yeah i think it's honestly essential and i think the work that wim hof is doing is uh it's super integral for going forward as our bodies are just sheltered from the elements and we're always cozy and we're always sitting and we yeah. don't you know we don't put our body through any stress, you know? And I think that that's integral for maintaining mental well-being. you know? Yeah. Do you know his story about how he got started with it all? Like, it's kind of interesting because do you know that at all? Wasn't it something to do with his wife passing? Mm-hmm. She, so I believe they had three kids and she actually committed suicide. And so like he was just hit with reality. And I think, in interviews, he said that he didn't like, he started to get into, I don't know exactly how he started to discover these, uh, Buddhist monks, uh, going in the mountains, you know, with little to nothing on and surviving. Um, but somehow he got into the cult therapy game and he claims that that was the only thing that like took his mind off of the pain he was experiencing was these, were these cold showers and these bouts of cold exposure. And so like, I think it's all the more endearing his story leading to his discovery and how it can touch your and my and anybody else's life and have it like, to your point, have immediate benefits. Um, so yeah, to answer your question also of like telling people to get over that, that aversion to cold water therapy. I mean, Look at what it did for him and and look at, I guess, what I'm saying. And um, to get into the habit of it, it takes it does take a little bit of gumption. But, man, does it have benefits? Yeah. And it really it kind of comes down. I mean, I think with like any behavioral modification, you know, there has to be kind of like an override, an emotional override that you have to develop. Yeah. Which you really only do. I mean, all it takes is one time and then you know how to do it. Um, but it takes some time to like grow right. into being able to utilize that, but making it to where it's not yeah. a choice, it's something that you do and like, don't give yourself mm-hmm. room to argue. It's just like, I, I'm doing this, you know, like we all have right. that And ability. to your point, it's good to exhale when you go into the cold water and it's also good to like get your legs wet first. Yeah. Um, there are, there are some ways to make it not so, you know, torturous or whatever. I think I'm a masochist. I'm over here like just <laughs> I don't even like prepare. I'm just like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another way, you know. Yeah. Don't follow do what I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and I've also noticed what's helped for me in cold showers is the immediate sensation that you you'll have is to start going <sighs> and to like right. breathe really shallowly. And like what Wim is right. saying is slow your breath down, take a really mm-hmm. deep breath, and then keep mm-hmm. taking deep breaths. Um, and yep. that'll actually help your body relax. And honestly, like right. once you're in it for I would say even like thirty seconds. You yeah. start to find some space in that experience and you're able to actually like 
not overreact and you can just feel it as a sensation rather than this like impending doom. At least that's been my experience with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have a lot of control over your environment just by the way that you breathe. Um, it changes your outlook for sure. So kind of pivoting back to saunas, I mean, this is, I mean, it's really one and the same thing, you know, I mean, we're talking about yeah. extreme temperature as a means yep. of therapy. Um, mm -hmm. There was a, a point in your sauna career, if you will, um, yeah. that you realize that like, yo, I don't want to do this publicly anymore. I got to do this at home. <laughs> yeah. So yep. What did that transition look like? And what was that process for you to uh, build your own sauna? You know, I think that this is the the realized potential of this, uh, this path, you know, is having your own. Sure. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll, I will start by saying I'll rewind a little bit and back to our original conversation. When you asked me how I got started with this whole journey. Um, my dad was a carpenter when he was going through college and he built a cabin up in the UP and I watched him hand build it and uh, so I've always aspired to build things, I guess it's in my blood, you could say. And to couple with that, he passed away from a heart attack, sudden heart attack when I was 20 years old. And so like, I have to watch out for my health, I have, especially my heart. Um, and so what better way to, to do that than have my own sauna? And also, as we've talked about the kind of the potentially skanky nature of, of uh, the one sauna in all of Grand Rapids, seemingly, um, <laughs> at the YMCA I talked about, um, you know, I like, it was always just after I started going so much, I was like, well, dude, this would be so perfect if I just had it in my house, you know, that I wouldn't have to get in my car and it wouldn't have to be this process. Um, so, you know, I needed it in my own house first. So like I said, it started in 2016. I just, uh, Paige and I bought our first house in May and it, um, it's been a beautiful experience because with, I think within like the first two weeks I got started and there was a perfect spot in the house for it. Um, at that point I, so, so when you undertake something like this, uh, Paige, my wife knows that I'm obsessed with saunas and she had already started to research it on her own. She was already going to, uh, she already pointed me towards this man named, uh, Rob Light, uh, L I C H T. Uh, he teaches, he, he builds saunas professionally in New York State and elsewhere. Um, he was going to host a seminar on how to build your own sauna over the course of a weekend. And I was going to take it this year. And then COVID hit, obviously, and then I could no longer take it. But I messaged him, hey, I want to build my own. Um, do you mind if we do like a Facebook, uh, uh, you know, a FaceTime consult? and you can kind of tell me everything I need to know. And that's exactly what I did. And, uh, you know, I paid him some cash for his knowledge. And I, so he gave me the initial, his initial opinion about, you know, what he thought the best area was. I showed him a few areas of the house, inside and outside. He told me pluses and minuses. Do I want to use, you know, electric, uh, an electric heater? is typically what gets used or do I want to do like a wood fired stove? Uh, he walked me through all those decisions, um, you know, how to special considerations for the sauna. Um, you know, I didn't, I had never laid tile before, so I had to learn how to do that. He walked me through all the supplies to do that and to make it waterproof. 
Um, he walked me through the, uh, the wood to use and the size of the sauna that it needs to be and um, the, the manufacturers and the distributors uh, where I need to get all the stuff from. And it was actually really, really approachable after I talked to somebody who does this for a living. Um, and like I said, his name is Rob Light, L-I-C-H-T. Um, and I am sure that anybody listening to this, if you're at all curious about building your own sauna, um, if you don't want to reach out to me, and I can give you the knowledge that I can. Um, he is the professional in the building. And I'm sure if you sent him a Facebook message that he would respond. Um, but yeah, like he told me all that stuff and lo and behold, it's all accessible. I found a, um, lumber yard near Cadillac that sourced the Northern white cedar wood, uh, tongue and groove. Um, I found the heater on, I think, uh, the sauna I found the door, um, uh almost heaven is a actually it's a sauna it's a national sauna parts distributor located in holland michigan of all places that's so, kind of crazy um, that was right in the backyard yeah so i like it was fun for me to like kind of gather all these all these different pieces of wisdom and knowledge and resources and order them all and then I was tasked with assembling it, which uh, was kind of, to me, it was almost like a, like a, like I said, saunas traditionally are kind of a holy, just kind of a, a holy um, aspect to them, to the users. And to me, building one was even more of kind of like a just naturally holy process because uh, I knew that I'd be using this. For, to my benefit and to the benefit of people I love and who I surround myself with. And, and I'll tell you what, too, to your point of not having access to a sauna, I can't tell you how many people have come over here and used ours and now they want one. Like mm -hmm. it's an immediate, like decision, you know, like, yeah, I need that. <laughs> um, and so to anyone who's curious about it, especially in the COVID area with all these health benefits, uh, one of which is a highly reduced risk of infection by any number of things. It's a great idea to think about. Uh, it is possible. Well, yeah, I still have yet to come over and actually utilize it. I mean, I feel like it's been on the horizon, but, you know, now with COVID and the fluctuation between how bad it is and whatnot. But um, when we're talking about accessibility and people's ability to do this on their own, I mean, obviously you have to own a house, so there is a, mm -hmm. a, a, a the floor that you have to address, um, pricing mm -hmm. wise. But what are we yep. what are we talking about? I mean, on average, you don't have to like say what you spent specifically, but like, is there a bracket or a window that we're talking about for pricing for all the materials, time, labor? Yep, yeah, uh, you're gonna spend about three grand. I mean, at least, oh. uh, and mine, mine's about like 2,500, three grand, I'd say, uh, mine's about, I think like it gets actually, uh, so it depends on, I think it gets measured in like cubic meters or cubic feet because you have to account for like the size of the room as well as the height when you're talking about like how much material you need. Um, I'll just keep it to square feet. Uh, 20 square feet is where you start. I mean, that's, that's a pretty small sauna. And that's, I think what mine is, is about 20 square feet. Is that like four um, people? 
Yeah, you can fit. I mean, technically, you can fit like six people in there if you were all mm. friends, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah, like you're you're talking about a smaller space. The heater is going to be at least seven hundred if you want to go with an electric heater and you want to get it new. Actually, the door, the glass door, you can do a wooden door and you can try and build it yourself and all this, but um, it needs to be thick enough to retain the heat. And a glass door is nice just so it doesn't feel claustrophobic. The door was like 300 and it's another 300 to ship it actually. So, and then the wood is going to be, for me, it was like 700 for that tongue and groove. Um, but yeah, if you want to do a more elaborate one, it's going to be more. And to your point about um, owning a house, you don't necessarily need to own a house to build a sauna. Uh, the guy who I consulted with, Rob, he actually has a sauna on wheels in which he took a, like a, a uh, little trailer and he does these all the time if you look on his facebook page um it's pretty impressive and actually that's on my to-do list like long-term goal to have a mobile sauna so like if i come visit you you know i'd be like hey i brought my sauna with me come on in <laughs> you know yeah how cool would that be that would be so dope Plus, you could, yeah. like, sell them as well. I mean, not just for the sake sure. of money, but just, like, for the sake of, like, spreading a really powerful uh, therapy tool. Oh, yeah. Wow, that it, that's – I honestly my, – my idea was, like, somewhere around ten grand. So for your, to hear you say 2500 to three is, like, oh, whoa, this is actually really doable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It, yeah, and I, I didn't know – like I said, I really didn't know anything about – the process of building it, be it materials or expertise or what have you. But um, like I said, after I consulted with Rob and kind of learned uh, the ways, um, yeah, it was surprisingly doable. I mean, I think you'll end up paying more if you have somebody build it for you, you know. Yeah. But if you want to do it yourself, uh, you've obviously got to have the tools and stuff. If you don't have the tools, you can tack another like, you know, $400 on there because you've got to have you got to use like stainless steel nails and you've got to have a, a nail gun and an air compressor and obviously the tools to cut wood. And yeah, it's not a, it's not for everyone, but man, is it cool once you build it and you can enjoy it. And uh, the, like I said, you improve your own health as well as everybody around you. Yeah. It's like a fountain of well being that like the entire, like, tribe that you're a part of is able to plug in and um, mm -hmm. and i mean honestly you could even if you're so inclined to like reach out to other people who you know would be using it a bunch and like all go in on one together you know like i yeah. don't think it has to be just because it's in your house like solely right. yours you know i think a communal... yeah yeah absolutely yeah and i'm sure you, you know. probably use it every day if not every other day um so when i when I don't have the duties of caring for a toddler, I will be using it every day. <laughs> yeah, that's um, real. I'm already planning on like, I've already thought about how cool it's going to be to, or how much it's going to be a part of my life for the rest of my life. And like another, another cool aspect of it is like, all right, so, you know, we work our entire lives to retire, you know, and then after you retire, I, I think a lot of people probably have kind of a, uh, from what I've heard and what I've seen, kind of a hard time with that sometimes. But how cool is it to already have an established practice that takes up, I mean, 
you can if you go back and forth from in the sauna out in the sauna out um i mean that can take two three hours and and how cool is it to have something that extends your livelihood and is so good for you mentally and physically already built into your schedule so like i know what i'm doing if i'm not <laughs> you know needing to do anything that's that's a an obvious one for me um can I can I tell you a story real quick of a I went to a, a Russian sauna house in Chicago by chance. Um, and once again, Paige, my wife, I credit her with a lot of this stuff for giving me uh, getting me privy to all this. Uh, we were in Chicago for one of her friends. Uh, she her friend was getting like a wedding dress in Chicago and I came along and uh, to care for Hazel, our daughter and. Anyway, she finds this Russian sauna house, and so I go to it, and I'm like the only guy speaking English. Whoa. The the Russian phrase for a sauna is a banya, and um, yeah, I'm the only one speaking English. It's awesome, though. They've got like a plunge pool. There's like a deli in there that <laughs> I had one of the best soups of my life, and I was like, it's like, what? And I was talking to a guy in there, one of the only people who spoke English, and he's like, yeah. These Russian, uh, it was just like, you know, uh, only men in this particular uh, sauna house. And he said, yeah, these, a lot of these guys are here all day and they just hang out. <laughs> like they just, they just like go in the sauna and then come out and there's like rugby on a big, on a bunch of TVs outside and they're playing music and stuff. And so, yeah, like it's, it's a social activity. It, it, it is uh, a way to escape your everyday routine. And you can really extend it to be this, like, I guess my point in mentioning that story is you can really extend it to be like a, like an all day activity if you really want it to be. And you talk about like feeling good afterwards. I mean, your body just, just emanates happiness after those sessions. Yeah. And it's something you can't like argue with. I feel like there's a lot of modalities and practices that are you kind of have to like trick yourself into feeling good after but with something like this yeah. you palpably you're like yo <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's why i never went upstairs in the y i just went to the sauna like, yeah you're like i don't really need to work out to feel good because i could just sit here for <laughs> 20 minutes and i feel great so <laughs> right everybody would laugh when i told them that they're like so uh were you upstairs earlier and i was like no i just come right in here and then i leave after <laughs> yeah and that was that was my experience going in there too is the only time i went there and i had it i would rate it a good time but i didn't use any of the facility <laughs> no no why would you somebody somebody yeah. in grand rapids needs to start a sauna house not sure yeah. who but somebody out there please start it yeah i mean i also i really like the idea of it like being like a community center like what you just described yeah. sounds so cool like we have pools mm -hmm. and hot tubs for these things but like yeah i mean i just don't think that those serve as much of a health benefit like y'all are getting healthy together oh yeah dude like i mean there's no comparison and uh plunge pool like yeah. we've been talking about cold water therapy i mean the two go so well together and uh talk about skin health man i mean mm -hmm. the sauna obviously has those good benefits and i didn't even mention the benefit of expunging toxins from your body but then you go into the, the cold water afterwards and that water is like 50 degrees and it tightens your skin up and man that practice between the two i mean you'll find some people i'm sure who have been sauning their entire lives in finland they probably look like they're like 30 and they're really like 50 uh -oh. because 
your skin is a it's a living organ, you know, and and you have to the the way that you care for it every day is hugely important as to how it can remain. Like it's um, trying to think of the phrase. It could be it's like plasticity, like how yeah. much it how much it's allowed to fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would I would gather that most folks who are doing this on a daily basis, their lives are just enriched. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, I was going to say, um, I mean, the nature of working out is like you have to move muscles and you to move the body is to lubricate the body, to make it more pliable, to make it more responsive. Mm -hmm. So like, how do we do that for our skin outside of manual therapy? So, I mean, there's like the myofascial stuff, but the physiological change of it, tightening and then loosening the fluctuation of that, it's like doing reps for your skin. And also, I mean, the skin is known as the outer layer of the brain. It's a sensory organ. Mm. Like, so all over your entire skin are, it's, it's detecting the world and it it is very, very closely related to the brain. Um, Mm -hmm. so like I could see like with the mental health, you know, by making it more, receptive to the world by Mm -hmm. the the polar extremes you know i think that probably does give a lot of credence to the mental health benefits oh yeah and might i add that finland is uh is every i don't know how many years running has been listed as the happiest country in the world and you know you wonder why um talk about people who know how to live yeah yeah and i mean they're also i think don't they have like an exorbitant amount of night too? Like there's like seasons where it's like dark for days on end. Is that family? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Keeping high spirits in that, like they had to, I mean, they probably developed a relationship with the sauna just out of necessity for coping with, I mean, that kind of environmental situation, you know? Yeah. There's, uh, I don't know how far, how I got this far into the interview without mentioning the concept of Sisu. Are you hip on that? No. So Sisu is, uh, Sisu is a saying in Finland and it's actually their like national motto. Um, it's hard to define type Sisu into, uh, Google. You'll find that a lot of people, one of the first things you'll say is like, we don't know how to define it, but it's basically it. it it's like their like perseverance. It's their sense of like, overcoming uh the inevitable or overcoming their obstacles and um so to them to your point about like you know there's times of the year where it's just night all the time they have to implement that attitude and that attitude is kind of it's the national saying because you have to have it to live there yeah and i feel like i feel like as a nation they absolutely express that. And I would say, I would argue that the sauna culture there is just another extension of that, that you challenge your body. Um, and therefore then you're happier afterwards. Yeah. So Sisu and sauna could be, I, I read a book on Finnish culture and it was like, it said something about like the three S's of Finland. And it was like Sisu, sauna and I can't remember the other one. Snow. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't probably. know why I associate it with snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all tied into what they do. And 
I, I studied Finland as a whole. I mean, this is just one aspect of their culture that's beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, when we're looking at, like, societies at large, I mean, if they're consistently ranking as the happiest country, like, maybe we should uh, take more credence and not be dismissive, <laughs> you know? like Oh, dude, and actually, this is an interesting uh, statistic that I came across, I think, for the first time ever um in the developed world so uh the heart is kind of the achilles heel of the human body right most people pass unfortunately from complications involving the heart mm-hmm. um for the first time ever in a developed nation uh i think it was uh, cancer overcame uh issues with the heart as the main cause of death in wow. I think it was in, um, I want to say it was in Norway or Sweden or one of those countries. It might have also been in Finland. But I mentioned that because um, we're talking about uh, the sauna affecting, hugely affecting heart health. And it could potentially be argued that their practice of uh, hot and cold therapies have led as a nation to a much lower incidence of heart issues um that now it's almost like you changed the the human design you're almost like hacking the human design in that way yeah whoa and i mean even if you look at like the studies uh that wim hof is doing and i mean i advocate yeah strongly encourage anyone who's listening who hasn't looked into wim hof i mean i don't know how you haven't heard about him but um, right. like he has very real grounded science, like doing a lot of studies with him. And like, mm-hmm. that's one of his claims is that like, this is going to be the cure for, you know, like heart disease, you know? And like, if yeah. we could save all of the people in America who die from heart disease every year, or at least a quarter of them, like how yeah. would, I mean, that would change the psychology of this country. The amount of Absolutely. trauma that's created by losing people from this, uh, this, phenomena you know like if we can change our relationship with our hearts whoo boy you know we're that's that's huge yeah yeah it is and and it's something like i think we all know someone or have a relative that you know passed away from something involving their heart um and i think you know in their honor everybody should investigate the topic a little further yeah. And, uh, you know, this, this talk of sauna and cold water therapy is just one aspect of it, but it's such a accessible uh, aspect of it that is just waiting for your, you know, everybody needs an impetus to start this. But, um, you know, I can speak from, from my experience. It's, it's totally worth your time and effort and energy to look into it deeper and to just, if you can't find a sauna, then even if you have to build one, and um and there are people out there who want to teach you and you can totally improve your life and those around you at the same time yeah how long like was the entire process of building the sauna for you and i know you have a lot of things that you're balancing but like sure do you say it's like a month investment or a little bit longer i mean if i didn't have any other responsibilities once i started i couldn't wait to finish And so once I, I mean, yeah, a month, I think mine took like two months or so, or maybe even like two and a half. 
Um, I had to learn electrical work. I had to, like I said, I had to learn how to like lay tile. I had to, there, there were a lot of things that I had never done that I, it took longer because I needed to learn. Um, but like I said, I felt like it was kind of a, it was my own, uh, holy experience in a way. And it, um, every step of the way it expanded my knowledge base. And, uh, so, you know, I think at least a month, but, um, yeah, if you're a carpenter or something, it might even take just two weeks if you kind of are, are more familiar with these techniques. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it was like waiting for things to arrive too. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And I guess what I'm pointing at is like, even if it was six months, that is sure. such a short amount of time for the potential benefit that something like this can bring to your life and your community. Oh, like yeah. it honestly yeah. is a no brainer. I mean, you literally sit there and reap benefits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of many other things that are like that. And I mean, uh, it is essentially, it's like, um, I've also heard that there's a benefit and I can, I can agree with this that, you know, okay, go on a run, you know, you're taxing your knees and your hips and your ankles, um, and you get those same benefits. You get that endorphin rush. You get that. Um, I'm sure you, there are some shock proteins that get generated from that activity. But you know, it's with your heart rate. You go from like zero to sixty. You know, you start running, and your heart has to like pick up real quick and sustain that heartbeat. With the sauna, it's a more natural way to do that because. Um, you're kind of like, it's kind of like a gradual increase, you know, your, your body has a chance to like, okay, it's getting hot. Okay. It's getting hot. You know, holy wow. It's really hot, but you still, your heart beats at the same rate as it would if mm -hmm. you went running and you're not taxing your joints. Right. So, I mean, I could make that argument too. Um, yeah. Do you think, I, I don't know if this is really within your area of expertise, but like, isn't that kind of a benefit of running by like increasing your heart rate variability by like taxing it really fast and then letting it chill? Doesn't that kind of give it the ability to bounce back or is it actually um, not the, the key to cardio health? Oh, I'm sure that, that you could definitely say that that's one of the benefits. I think I was more speaking to it more from like the standpoint of, uh, of a, an older person who might uh, not be as like, it's just more approachable, like yeah. it's more friendly to your body. And so it's even more accessible, you know, it's, yeah. it's far more accessible than most of these other exercise regimens. I mean, like I had to come to that on my own conclusion with exercise a long time ago, like we've been talking about, like I didn't ever want to do it. But like you were saying earlier, I definitely want to just go sit down and like let the heat <laughs> drip my worries away. Like that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah. I definitely wanted to sit down. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. God forbid, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of amazing that we went this long without even talking about just like, it feels good to sweat. Like the heat itself yeah. is a thing, but yeah. like yeah. when you're literally just dripping buckets, like that is a cool sensation. And I think that... I mean, it just flush. It's so good for the skin. And like, we don't have yeah. that really. We don't have any means to do that unless you're seeking a sauna out, you know? Right. It Especially just... in the winter time. Like I can't, I can't say enough about like 
I think it's referred to as the sweat reflex and what that does. It's a whole chain of events that happens in your body um, that leads to sweating, but how necessary it is. And I mean, once again, talk about skin health, um, how you're, it's almost like your skin is breathing at that point on a deeper level. And how many months do you go without sweating in the wintertime sometimes? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just kind of like, you don't miss a beat, you know, you, you keep your body in tip top shape that way. Um, yeah. I think our bodies were meant for heat therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they, in general, they were just meant to take on a lot more demanding forces. You know, they were designed to exist in nature often without mm -hmm. clothing, you know, and that's, that's kind of what Wim says is that like us wearing clothing all the time is actually really bad for us because we're sheltering ourselves yeah. from natural forces that kind of evolve us that kind of make us stronger and more resilient you know right. so the more that we can put ourselves in these demanding positions the more we step into our birth rate of being connected to the earth you know yeah god forbid i i was just having a fun time imagining like the first like cavemen sitting next to a volcano like <laughs> sweating in the winter time <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i mean they have like hot springs you see monkeys doing it you know they're just yeah like, good point yeah, so I mean, yeah. but yeah, that would be an interesting uh, visage to see, uh, you know, like one of the cavemen just find, inching his way closer and closer to like the sweet spot of heat around lava. <laughs> you know it happened, you know. We learned yeah, that it was yeah. bad through experience, so who was it that right. figured that out, you know? Yeah, they're like, hey guys, just come right here. It's actually yeah. pretty good. This is it. Oh no, you stepped too far, you're on fire. Like, oops. <laughs> Dang it, no. Yeah. That's a risk. Don't get yeah. close to that sauna yeah. heater, you know. It'll it'll touch you. Okay, that's <laughs> actually that's a good warning too. Dope. Yeah, right. Well, all right, Ben. Uh we're a little over an hour. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate yeah. this and um Me too. I I always like conversations that are very I I like woo conversations. I like I like spiritual conversations a lot. I don't use woo in a derogatory term, but I also very much appreciate very grounded, practical things that people can take away with and actually go pursue them in their life. So, um, I, yeah. I greatly valued this. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, reaching out and, uh, picking my brain about it. People that know me know that I can't shut up about this topic. So when yeah. you mentioned it, uh, this was a, uh, I'll use the phrase decision again. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yep, I needed yep. to do this. Um, yeah. if so, and, and in closing, if anybody wants to check out, uh, more information on uh, how to do this on your own, feel free to reach out to me, uh, Ben Hogan, or uh, this fellow I mentioned, Rob Light, L-I-C-H-T, to learn more about how to build your own. Cool. And I'll definitely have that in the description. I don't know if you want to share your email or just have people Facebook you, but whatever your preference, I'll have all the links down below and uh, maybe even something on like Wim Hof too, just so... We're not just talking about this, uh, you know, figure, this mystical phantom. character. Yeah. Though yeah. he is a mystical character for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, Ben, thank you so much. Have yourself a great evening. All right. You too, Brett. Cheers. Cheers. All right, friends, that was the episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. It really does mean a lot to me that you would, uh, 
share this much of your time with me and my friends and people that inspire me. I guess this uh, is considered my holiday episode, uh, so I give you the gift of information about saunas. (laughs) Well, Ben gives you the gift. I just facilitate it. Um, Yeah, please be well these next couple of days. Enjoy um, time with your family, whether it's uh, together or digital over the virtual space Um, whatever means you can just be kind to yourself make sure you get some rest we've made it through a very difficult year and uh yeah this last couple weeks these are for you so make sure that you're you're putting yourself and the ones you love first um unplug from media if you can i am going to continue saying that forever until the, the end of time we should just be unplugging from traditional news sources at this point um yeah but uh be well i will see you next week at the same time i have another wonderful episode on the way currently editing it as we speak so um the content will not slow down even though there's a lot going on in my life all right be well friends